Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for taking a moment to take a look at the book with us. And today we're going to be looking at the book of Joel. I have in my hand a copy of a five-part, five-hour series on Joel entitled Joel's Journal on the Day of the Lord. This is a must-study. We're going to listen to a portion of the second in this five-part series, God's Jealousy for His Land. You'll need to understand the day of the Lord, that phrase introduced by the prophet Joel, because it is a major phrase used in Bible prophecy for the end times. Now, that's why we want you to take a moment to listen to our study on the book of Joel. If you have the time right now, study with us, and then we'll tell you how you can get your own copy of Joel's journal on the day of the Lord. Let's listen. Can we look now as we conclude? We looked, we looked at the divine provision. We looked at the divine possessor. Let's look at the, the dramatic prophecy that is talked about. Go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 38. In chapter 38 of the book of Ezekiel, we referred back there again, but I'm talking about Joel. I'm talking about the land. I'm talking about what is going to happen in the end times. In the day of the Lord. When is the day of the Lord? After the rapture of the church in the tribulation period. Ezekiel chapter 38. What's going to happen? I'll rehearse it. We've done it already. Let's quickly go through it again. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, verse 2, set thy face against Gog in the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against it. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will bring thee back, and I will put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses and horsemen, and all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even with a great company, with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, and all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all of his bands, the house of Tagarma, and in the north quarters I will bring them against the land of Israel." To possess the land. I'm going to bring you in here. Verse 16. And thou shalt come in up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. And it shall be in the latter days. And I will bring thee against my land. That the heathen may know when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. I'm going to bring you into my land to take a possession of my land. It's talking about the hooks in the jaws. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Notice this. Uh, He says in verse 12, To take a spoil and to take a prey and to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. Boy, that's the Jews today, isn't it? Uh, Which have gotten cattle and goods and that dwell in the midst of the land and Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey to carry away gold, silver and gold? Huh. Wait a minute. Why are they coming? Take a spoil? Of what? Well, the fertile land that you've given them, they're raising cattle. They're raising their crops. In fact, 65% of all foodstuffs consumed in Europe are imported from the breadbasket, Israel. Did you know that 
65% of all flowers exported from the world are from Holland. And 75% of the flowers they export to the world are imported from Israel. Hmm. And he says, you're going to come to take a spoil of what? Gold and silver. I've only lived in Israel for 12 years, but I don't know where they mined gold and silver. I've never seen it. Maybe Ezekiel misspoke. Oh, no, wait a minute. Last summer, there was a major economic conference that took place in Amman, Jordan. One of the items they discussed, and we just have done an interview with him for our Day of Discovery television program. You'll be seeing it in March. One of the items they discussed was given by the chief scientist for one of the ministries in Jerusalem. And his project was the Med, excuse me, the Red Dead Project. I don't know if you know Shorty Yeaworth. Shorty Yeaworth uh, has been a long-time producer of Christian films. The Gospel Blimp, he did that and some others. And he did a feasibility study for the country of Jordan. He's over in Jordan right now, even as I speak, doing some exhibits for them. He's a good friend. He did a feasibility study on this med, the Red Dead Project. What is the Red Dead Project? The Dead Sea is dying. Evaporation is causing the water of the Dead Sea to disappear. There's not enough water coming out of the Sea of Galilee, meandering down that 100 miles from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea, and so evaporation is causing the Dead Sea to just disappear. And the problem, one of the main problems is uh, the ecolog- ecological problem, but the other problem is economical, because out of the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea works, brings out uh, chlorides, minerals, and, and all the other things. Phosphate. There's enough phosphate in the Dead Sea to make fertilizer to fertilize the entire earth for the next 200 years. Just out of the Dead Sea. Unbelievable. And the wealth that's coming out of the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea works is at the southern end of the Dead Sea. It's 67 miles long. And the Red Dead Project is going to take water and they're going to put a conduit. They're going to call it the Peace Conduit, by the way. Interesting title. And they're going to bring this conduit from the Red Sea down at Elot or Aqaba. And they're going to bring it down from sea level, 1,300 feet downgrade, to the Dead Sea. That's how low below sea level the Dead Sea is, 1,300 feet below sea level. Along the way, they're going to put recreational areas. They're going to put electric power producing item, uh, or uh, factory, whatever you call them, plants. And they're going to bring it down, and it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be an amazing project. And they're, they're thinking that the water from the Red Sea will fill the Dead Sea back up. Now, they're not going to drop that water at the southern end of the Dead Sea. The problem is then it'll mess up their Dead Sea works there because just discombobulate the water. So they're going to pipe the water up to the northern end of the Dead Sea. At the northern end of the Dead Sea, it is 1,300 feet below sea level, but from the water level to the bottom of the Dead Sea is 1,300 feet. So that level is 2,600 feet below sea level. They're going to pipe the water up there, drop it in up there, no problem up there, only people swimming. 
And they're going to take the goop off the northern end of the Dead Sea and pipe it back down to the Dead Sea works at the southern end of the Dead Sea. I hope I'm not confusing you. You're going to have two pipes going up and down the Dead Sea. One going north with Red Sea water. The other one coming back from goop off the bottom of the Dead Sea to the Dead Sea works where they extract the minerals, the chlorides, and everything else. And they tell me, listen, that if you have these two pipes side by side in parallel, it develops an electric magnetic field. And that electric magnetic field can be fine-tuned to extract Israeli government statement, gold and silver off the bottom of the Dead Sea. Because for 4,500 years since the flood, gold and silver, Solomon had great gold and silver mines, has just kind of slipped into the Dead Sea. They estimate there's enough gold and silver in the Dead Sea to pay the national debt of every nation in the world. And old Ezekiel, 2,500 years ago, said, you're going to come and get the gold and silver? They're going to come. They're going to come. The divine possessor, it's his land. The divine provision of the land, he promised to give it to the Jewish people. The dramatic prophecy is they are going to come to take his land. Go back to the 35th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. 35th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. This is a judgment against the Edomites. It says Mount Seir. Mount Seir is where Esau went to live. That's where he sent 36th chapter of the book of Genesis. And so it's a judgment against the Edomites. I again say to you, I believe, and I don't have time to prove that now, but I think I can prove it from Scripture. I believe I can, that these are the Palestinian people of today. And he's going to tell them why he's going to judge them. Look at verse 10. Here's one of the reasons. Verse 5 says, because you killed your brothers. Verse 10 says, because thou hast said, these two nations and these two countries shall be mine. Hold it just a minute. I've got to stop there. Remember my message on two Jewish states? That's what he's saying right here. What two states is he talking about that the Edomites want to take? The only possibility is Israel and Judah. Like I say, Ezekiel 37, 15 to 23 describes. Notice what it says. Because thou hast said, these two nations and these two countries shall be mine, and we shall possess it, whereas the Lord was there. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will even do according to thine anger and according to thine envy, which thou hast used out of thy hatred against them, and I will make myself known among them when I have judged thee. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, and that I have heard, look at here, I have heard all of thy blasphemies, which thou hast spoken against the mountains of Israel, saying, Thou art laid desolate, and thou art ours to consume. When they come down to take the land, in chapter 36, verse 35, we, verse 5, rather, we've looked at it, when they do it with joyful hearts and despiteful minds, when they do it out of their excitement, what's going on? Sheikh Yassin, religious leader, founder of Hamas, made the statement three weeks ago, if the Jews want a nation 
Tell them to go to Europe and start a Jewish state. This is our land. Palestinian land. And we don't want any Jewish nation on Palestinian land. He wasn't talking about the Gaza Strip. He wasn't talking about Judea and Samaria, or as you maybe call it, the West Bank. He was talking about Jerusalem, Haifa, Tel Aviv, Tiberias, all of it. Get them out of here. Go to Europe and have your Jewish state. This is our land. What did the words say? That's what they say in the time of the end. God's jealousy for his land is evident not only in the book of Joel, but throughout the entire word of God. Isn't it interesting, that word jealousy in the Hebrew, speaking of aggressive possessiveness. That's God's jealousy for his land, an aggressive possessiveness. It's his land, and he can give it to whom he pleases. This is a must-study in your study of prophecy, Joel's Journal on the Day of the Lord. That's the title of this five-part, five-hour series on the little Old Testament prophetic book of Joel. Why don't you call right now, 8-Prophecy-8, 877-674-3298. Now, that's a toll-free number, so you can call and purchase your copy of Joel's Journal on the Day of the Lord. Or you can go to our website and make your purchase. The address is www.prophecytoday.com. Thank you so very much for taking a moment or two to take a look at the book with us. I'm Jimmy DeYoung, and I want to remind you everything we've been studying in this short time together is evidence that Jesus Christ could come at any moment to call us up to be with him. Having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...